Hi, everyone. This is Mitch Ashley with DevOps.com, and you're listening to another DevOps Chat Podcast. Today, I'm joined by Ofer Mayor, Global Director of Solutions Management at Synopsys. Our topic today is IAST, Interactive Application Security Testing in a DevOps, DevSecOps world. Ofer, welcome to DevOps Chat. Thank you. It's great to be here. Great to have you on. Would you first start just by introducing yourself, tell us a little bit about you, uh, what you do at Synopsys, and maybe briefly what Synopsys does for folks who don't know them. Sure. So I've been in the software security world for about 20 years now. Um, I've had a Pendesting company, and I've worked for multiple vendors. Um, and my last company, I created IS, which we'll come back to in a minute. Uh, today, I'm at Synopsys. If you're not familiar with Synopsys, we're the largest provider of software security solutions. So anything from static analysis, dynamic, IaaS, uh, penetration testing, managed services, every, everything in this space. Um, and we help organizations uh, build better, more secure software. Excellent. Excellent. Great company, too. Uh, Synopsys a great organization. So let's jump into it. Uh, so you were kind of the inventor, thought leader around IAS. There's a lot of different frameworks, um, you know, acronyms for doing uh, penetration testing, application testing. So you actually came up with a little bit of a different approach. Tell us about IAS, what's different about it, and maybe what some of the gaps were, the why you created it. So back, back in the days, I had a penetration testing company called Hackfix, Hacking Tactics. We did a lot of penetration tests. We also tried to help our customers uh, bring in SaaS and DAS technologies. Um, and some of the things we've seen was that there were some gaps in the way that customers were consuming DAS and SaaS, especially DAS was very difficult for enterprises to get um, into their development processes, into their testing processes, uh, because DAS doesn't show you where the problem is in the code and, and it requires some security expertise that a lot of these organizations didn't have. And so we wanted to create something new that will, you know, will, will help make it better, will make, help it easier, provide value and, and be easy for the customers to get into the organizations. Um, and we looked at what we did in penetration testing and really what we saw was the most efficient way for us was to combine the best of both worlds. So look at the code, but also look at how it's running. And that is what IS is all about. It's about analyzing code as it's running, as opposed to SAS, which analyzes code statically, or DAS, which sees the running application but doesn't see the code. So point of clarification when you say when it's running, is that while it's in production running or while it's you're testing it in a test environment, is it both? Talk a little bit more about that. So you can have either, but I would say it's better to do testing in testing. So while you're doing your... Um, you're running in a test environment, but in your testing environment, you're still running your code as you run your test automation or your functionality testing. Um, and that's a great time to also test for your security. Mm -hmm. Now, did you also think of this both as a code scanning problem, uh, like the traditional kind of when you check in code in a CI/CD process, um, or do you focus more on the interactive runtime in this test environment? Is that more of a focus of what I asked is about? So I think there's been a transition for us. So when we started IAS, it was 2008. Um, DevOps was weak. DevSecOps was a non-existent term back then. That's a long um, time ago in the DevOps world, yeah. It's <laughs> a long time ago in the DevOps world, indeed. So, um, so we created something that could fit people who do test automation, 
but could also fit people who do manual QA because that's where most of the customers were. Um, and so our product has actually evolved over time from, from a technological perspective to better adapt to DevOps world. So it's not necessarily, or it was not necessarily just for um, integration into the code check-in process and so on, but it is becoming that today because we see it, it, it's really mostly adopted in this world. How is it really, you're talking a little bit about how things have evolved since that point in time. Obviously, we're, we're in a much different world than when DevOps started with automation and tool chains and much more adoption across the organization. Now we have security people working alongside application people, DevSecOps. How has that changed sort of the problem space of what you were trying to solve? Is it still the same fundamental problem uh, or have you shifted where your focus is and what you're trying to solve? So I, I think that it's still the same fundamental problem. Um, it's how we solve it that's slightly changed, not what. The fundamental problem is that people write code that has vulnerabilities in it. No, and no, this. stop, stop right there. <laughs> really? Okay, okay. I'm obviously I'm being a smart aleck, but of course, yeah. It's tough to write secure code, and so that's why we need it, tools like this. It is very tough to, to write secure code. I remember, you know, 15 plus years ago when I got into this space, all I could think of, oh, let's just train the developers and they'll write your code. Very naive approach. Mm -hmm. um, and so what's, what has changed is the way people build and test their software. So when we started Secret for product 10 years ago, we had to imagine that most of the people who would run this will not have test automation. They will have to have our own product run all the tests make to to drive the application to make the code run and create all this traffic which was a huge technological challenge um, a lot like what desk products have to work with mm -hmm. uh, whereas today in most cases we rely on existing test automation which now exists for most of our customers so the way people build and test their code has changed but the fundamental problem is still the same certainly is a much broader landscape of tools I imagine that you have to integrate with as well, as well as just being automated from the start. Great. Well, let's talk <laughs> a little bit about um, how IAST fits into the DevOps or the DevSecOps world. You talked about when you first kind of got involved in DevOps, that wasn't a thing. And now it very much is, a, you know, or maybe we're still in transition of DevSecOps really fully realizing what it can be, but it's certainly important in many organizations are are uh, collaborating much more closely in that application testing, security testing process. Just a little bit about your view of DevSecOps and how IIS fits into that. Well, I personally don't like the term DevSecOps because I think that the security should be inherent into DevOps. Um, security is part of, of our, let's call it, non-functional requirement for everything we build today. It's mm -hmm. part of what DevOps is supposed to take care of. But using the term DevSecOps helps raise awareness. Fine, that's great. But let's talk at why IAX is such a great fit with DevOps or DevSecOps. There are a few aspects of IAX that make it the perfect candidate for testing in, in a DevOps environment. The first one is that a DevOps environment means you already have test automation in all likelihood. Mm -hmm. And so the entire challenge of how to make the code run is solved. And so you already have a running application in a test environment. So making security testing as an add-on to that 
is just a no-brainer. The other thing that makes it a great fit is that there's continuous testing of incremental development. So in the past, you could only test a running application very late in the development stage. Mm -hmm. So when we started uh, with IAS, a lot of people said, oh, but that only comes you know, in the integration or testing phase. This doesn't exist anymore. That's a waterfall statement. In a DevOps world, we create incremental code changes and test them every hour or every day. And so IAS is easy to integrate into that. The other side of IAS that makes it perfect is that it's very actionable in identifying findings that are relevant for the running code. And so it has almost no false positive. It has very clear um, clarification on what is the potential impact. And that means that it doesn't create too much burden for the developers to understand what they need to fix and why. In some other technologies, the overhead on these aspects can take a long time. And when you create code incrementally every hour or every day, you don't have the time to do that. Mm -hmm. It seems like there's also a balance, too, of making sure that what you're presenting back to the developer, uh, reducing false positives so you're not wasting their time chasing things that aren't relevant to their code or not, aren't actually vulnerabilities. How do you manage that balance of wanting to be thorough but also wanting be, to be as highly relevant as possible to be useful to the developer? So one of the things that we do with our technology is what we call active verification. So for every vulnerability that we see in the code, we create um, a request or some simulated request that tries to exploit that or verify that. Mm. And that means that if we see something that looks like a SQL injection, for instance, we'll actually create a request that tries to modify the structure of the query. And if that request has been successfully executed and we see the query has changed, because again, we are analyzing the code in runtime, meaning we see the memory, it's like a debugger, we see the actual query that's being generated. And so if it's really changed from how it was originally, then it's a 100% true finding. And that really helps prioritize. We basically call it out of triaging. Uh, we can identify if it's a real finding, if it's a, you know, a false positive, or maybe it's not a false positive, but it has no real impact because there are other compensating controls that prevent you from exploiting it. Mm-hmm. Great. Can you talk a little bit more about some of the testing that's happening inside of active verification? So what kind of tests that you run? You mentioned looking at SQL injection or SQL being modified. What are the other kind of things that you're testing? So pretty much almost every vulnerability that we test for, so let's say there's a cross-site scripting, right? Again, I can create a request that actually inserts a, a script or, or some JavaScript code and see that it's really going through the entire process of going into the server, coming back and being rendered by a browser um, on the receiving end of this. So for everything that we do, so we normally just analyze existing traffic, right? Your test automation. Mm. But when we find something that looks vulnerable, we will duplicate that request, modify it with some payload or an exploit simulation and then see whether that works. In a lot of cases, there could be something that looks like it's vulnerable, but there is some input validation or other compensating control that prevents it from actually being exploited. And then it's not a real vulnerability. 
Sure, it's a bad coding practice, and we we show you that in in another view if you want to clean up your code. But mm -hmm. for most customers, they just want to fix what's really dangerous. Yeah, fix it and move on, right? That's yeah. uh, the <laughs> the developer's view of the world because they got they got uh, things to do. Absolutely. We'll talk a little bit about. Uh, I think it was to what 2015 that you sold Seeker to Synopsys, somewhere around that time period. Um, why was that a great acquisition for you or to be acquired uh, for you? And what's that allowed you to do to be part of Synopsys now? First of all, Synopsys is a great company. You mentioned that in the beginning. Um, it's been a really interesting ride. I think, you know, when you're a small startup, um, you have your own solution and you say, you know, this solves everything. You don't need anything else. You, know, you would <laughs> tell customers, you don't need fast. You don't need fast. You don't need anything. We do everything. But the reality is software security is a very, very complex problem. There isn't one solution that fits all. And there are different problems that require different solutions or a combination of different solutions. And being part of Synopsys really helped grow Seeker and make it part of a bigger solution. So some customers use Seeker in combination with SaaS and some use it in combination with software composition analysis. And for some customers, it's a better fit, and, and not everybody's a DevOps shop, and so on. So it's been a really, a really amazing ride. I don't know how much you're aware of, but Synopsys has done a lot of acquisitions over the last few years in this mm -hmm. thing, and to build this group. And, and it's just been, for me personally, a very, very interesting experience to go through that, um, going from a pretty unknown vendor in this space to becoming the most dominant leader. It's a hell of a ride. <laughs> well, and uh, congratulations to you. I'm great, grateful to see as an entrepreneur, a, a technologist building a, a product and a technology like I asked that uh, it's worked out well for you and you're fitting into the organization and still with Synopsys, you know, a couple of years after the acquisition. I'd love to get your thoughts on you know, you talked about when you're more of the startup that uh, the thing you make, in this case, I asked, you know, solves the world's problems and now you're part of a bigger picture. What are some of the, besides using Synopsys technologies, which we talked about earlier, it's a great company. Are there some more fundamental changes or things that you see that's required for us to create more secure software? And I ask because we're creating more and more software. It's not like the problem's getting smaller. It's getting much, much bigger as we do things like microservices and, and, uh, and uh, containers. And, you know, we're creating so many more components at much a smaller level, which means more things to manage, more attacks or attack surface. What do we have to do to, to make the problem space easier to solve? So I think it's less about different technologies and, you know, maybe somebody will come up with a, a greater and better technology, but I really feel we have a lot of good technologies in place. I think what's still missing is better automation of the entire workflow around security testing. Hmm. So I still see a lot of organizations that haven't figured out how to get that process into a, a sort of a railroad machine process that just works and works and works. And this is the part where we really need to improve. Hmm. Can you say some more a little bit how you think that might be realized or how that might happen? So there's a lot of activity going in this space right now in the market. 
Uh, we are building our own platform to make it easier for customers to integrate different technologies into an easier workflow. Um, but I think there's also a lot about building microservices that offer security testing um, that we'll see happening more and more. And we see a lot of uh, new vendors coming in this space doing what we call application security testing orchestration. So basically, what I just mentioned, how to make the process of deploying and running security testing and then integrating and following up on remediation um, or triaging a much easier process. I think that's where the market needs to invest right now. Interesting. It would be uh, great to see how that evolves. How do you view things like um, the configuration side of software? There's writing code, of course, but um, you know, to pick so maybe somewhat of an extreme example, serverless applications where a lot of that is already part of built into, uh, baked into the configuration of the environment that code is executing in. Does that present a different kind of challenge or is that a better approach to help us in, uh, to secure applications? What are your thoughts on that? I think that there's a way of, of a fine line between configuration and code that is diminishing. A lot of configuration files today are becoming small pieces of code. So I don't think it's inherently different. I think, I mean, even when you look at a technology like serverless, people think of it as a new technology and a new approach. And there are, of course, a lot of innovative approaches to it. But from a security perspective, this, the challenge there is not that different than the challenge of a client server application calling 500 different APIs that was built 20 years ago. Mm -hmm. um, because people rely on client-side logic or don't pass tokens properly between the different APIs and, and that allows to abuse them. A lot of this is, you know, it's, if, if you learn your history, you know a lot of, of the problems of these new technologies. So again, I don't think personally that the challenge is about the new technologies or, or the new configurations. It's really about how to build a better system for driving these testing and adapting to the changes in architectures and, and code languages and so on so that you can move fast and, and test and fix everything. Well, great. Um, we're come up on our time here over and I appreciate you uh, being on with us this morning just so our audience knows we're recording this at the, the time that the hurricane's hitting the East Coast. So there's a hurricane between you and I uh, as we're recording this podcast. So if we have any dropouts, that might be why. So, well, you've listened to another DevOps Chat podcast. I'd like to thank you, Ofer, Ofer Mayor, Global Director uh, at Synopsys uh, for joining us. Thank you, Ofer. Thank you very much for having me. Awesome to have you. And of course, I'd like to thank you, you, our listeners, for joining us today. This is Mitch Ashley with DevOps.com, and you've listened to another DevOps chat.